This is kind of one of those ritual things we do every year is to be thankful for things. Uh, my name is Mark Brandt, and I'm thankful for you, and I'm also thankful for getting better. Uh, earlier in the week, I did not sound this good, and this is not really that good. Uh, my voice is typically a lot higher, uh, but I got the cold that everybody's getting, and uh, it's not fun to be sick, so I'm thankful that I'm getting better. But every year, I think we have this reminder around Thanksgiving uh, well, to say, you know, go around the table maybe is what you've done before, or go around the room, what are you thankful for? And here's the response that most often we get when we bring this up. Oh, seriously? And then if you're a junior high boy, you say, I'm thankful for food. Because you just want to get out of that moment. Because this is the most painfully awful, no good thing that you can do to actually have to think of something you're thankful for. Is there any wonder why we have a problem with gratefulness in this society? Because we've turned it into a trivial pursuit once a year on Thanksgiving. We have this yearly reminder. Every year we're going to set aside a day, and for the days before and after, we're reminded of why we're thankful. Uh, and many of you probably got up this morning, and before you came to church, you watched the yearly horribly good thing called the parade. Every year this goes on. Now, if you're a parade person, please, by all means, keep watching the parade. I tolerate the parade at best. I would always look for the Snoopy. That was what kept me in the parade moment, was looking for the Snoopy float. But have you ever watched the announcers that are there, like Kevin Frazier this morning when he was on? Wonderful, wonderfully great, talented uh, announcer and, uh, and journalist. Uh, yet he was manufacturing happiness. The whole morning. Oh, man, look at that float. And I'm like, you know, you know what? There's going to be a hundred of these going by you today, buddy. You know, it's going to be a long one for you. <laughs> so we do this ritual every year where we are reminded to be thankful. I call it yearly behavioral modification. <laughs> where we take on that posture of really, truly being thankful for only a couple days. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we go, we go back to being our usual crabby, awful selves. Because that's truth, isn't it? No, it isn't, and it shouldn't be. We shouldn't need a yearly reminder of what it means to truly be grateful. We were designed for more than just a few days of thankfulness. We were designed to be grateful because of what God has done in and through us. If you watch that video to kick off today's worship, there are a lot of things during our days that we can truly be thankful for that we often miss. Because where is our thanks most often reserved for? Saying grace. How often do we offer thanks? Most often, if you want to advance that next slide, it's around a moment at a table where we say thank you. And maybe you've got a prayer that you say that is your grace. Maybe you sing it. Maybe that's a tradition in your family. But if you're like me, I didn't grow up in a family where grace was a regular occurrence. It just wasn't, we weren't a part of a church, and so grace was a foreign concept to me. But this is often where we say thank you to God for the food that he has provided for us and the things that he's gifted to us. But if we're honest, most of the time when we pray, it isn't like grace. Most of the time when we pray, it's God, I need. God, will you please? God, I want. We offer these petitions to God and solely those petitions and truthfully, God needs to hear those. God wants to hear from us the things that we need. He knows our hearts and knows that we have desperate moments where we have to call out to him. 
But we also need to remember in prayer the things that God has gifted to us, ways to be thankful. A full prayer life includes both, not just one or the other. And grace is a wonderful starting point for beginning to offer a thanks to God. And so when you go out in a few short moments and you go across the hall to have lunch today uh, with us, which is fabulous, by the way, Chef Jake and his staff do a great job with this. Maybe just pause for a moment before you fill up your plates with what most people say on average is 4,500 calories. (laughs) Sorry, that's the truth. Just pause for a moment. I'll never forget when I was a young whippersnapper in church, I was invited to go along with a group of three other men to the Boundary Waters up in northern Minnesota. And I was super excited because one of the gentlemen on this trip was a man by the name of Ole Winter. Uh, He was a retired Danish Lutheran pastor. He had retired from the church that I was currently serving at the time, and he was along, and he was a wonderful man, a great mentor to me in my early years of ministry. But I'll never forget that first night as we caught fish and we brought it back to our campsite, cleaned it, cooked it, got it ready, Ole was going to say grace. Now for me, as a young 23, 24-year-old man, I was super excited for one reason only. I was about to learn how to say grace. I'd never known before. I'd always tried to fill it with wonderfully crazy, awesome words of, you know, that made sense and made God seem cool. And so I was, I was excited. I got my plate of food. I sat down. And I was probably a lot more thrilled about this moment than I really truly should have been. But I was like, this is going to be awesome. Oli's going to say grace. And we got quiet. And I had my hands folded in the proper posture of, of grace saying. And Oli takes a breath and says, much obliged. And started eating. And I kid you not, I said, that's it? What? There's supposed to be more to this. I was supposed to learn how to say grace from you. He said, what else did I need to say? Ah, being thankful to God does not have to include a bunch of flowery words or language that we're just not comfortable with. Being thankful stems from a heart that realizes we're grateful. Much obliged to set it all. We had fish on our plate. We had potatoes. We were blessed. We had a wonderful day in a canoe on a lake. What else did we need to say but just to give God thanks for what he had done for us? Colossians 3.15 puts it this way from our passage we read today. And let's actually read this together because I don't think we can read Scripture enough as a people of God. Another thing to be thankful for is the Word of God. Let's read this. Here we go. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Now, I highlighted that word thankful because that's our theme for today. But I think there's one more word in here that is more important even than that word. And it's this one right here. Always. I believe the word of God to be inspired and from God himself. And I believe no word to be an accident in that space. This word always was put there with intentionality by Paul writing to this church in Colossae. Always. A word that doesn't imply optional. A word that doesn't imply only when it's convenient for us. A word that doesn't imply only when I feel it. Always be thankful. What does that look like? Well, it doesn't look like setting aside just a day to offer what we're thankful for. It actually implies a life lived in gratitude for what God has done. Imagine that. Just think back on your week. 
Uh, my boys were thrilled because they only had two days of school. In fact, my oldest, when he woke up on Monday, said, Dad, it's Thursday. <laughs> and I had to think for a moment because I'm not always the sharpest tool in the shed when I wake up in the mornings. I'm like, well, well, oh, oh, yeah, I get it, because this would be like tomorrow's, okay, I'm with you now, son. Yep. Tomorrow's Friday. Like, well, it's Tuesday, but I'm going to let you do that. You're 13, so that's what you do. 13-year-old boys make life more complicated than it has to be. But that's another story for another time. Always be thankful. We've had a week where a lot of good things may have happened with and in your lives. You've got, hopefully, family around you that remind you that you're cared for. Maybe not always in a perfect way, but they're there and they keep coming back. That says a lot. We're thankful for so much. A posture and a lifestyle lived in gratefulness actually does a lot to change us in ways that we don't always see. When we're grateful always, it can even change the way that we see the world around us. And that's a huge thing because there's a lot in this world that wants to scream out it's not good. There's awful, there's evil, there's this, there's that. A life of gratitude sees beyond that to that place where only God can reveal his glory. But too often, if we're quite honest, we forget this simple phrase of thank you. We forget that it means so much to say it. Thank you. Just look at these two words. I mean, they're simple on this blackboard that is on this next slide. If you're a parent and you've been blessed with children in your life, uh, this is often what we call forced compliance. You need to say thank you. Like that's going to change their hearts, right? You know what I'm saying? You need to say thank you to your brother. And this, this is a, a child that they just went to war with. And I have to say thank you to that person? No. So is it any wonder we forget as we grow older because we've been forced to say it our whole lives. It's not a habit. It's not something that's become like normal in our lives. But it's so important. And we forget it. We forget it to the point where we actually intentionally don't say it. You don't earn it. I've seen the rest of this week. Why am I going to say thank you to you for this thing when those 17 other things you've done have been completely designed to tear us apart? But these two words are transformative. But if we're not careful, we're going to go through life missing the power of them and actually get in a habit of not saying them. I mean, this is how we think sometimes. But I don't know that it's always intentional on our part. I think sometimes we're so stinking busy that we just flow right by that moment. And what does it communicate when we don't use these two words, when we don't say thank you? What does that say? Just think about that for a moment. I don't have a wonderful pastorally great answer for you for that. I think that's something you have to search your own heart for. But what does that say to that person? Because... Let's face it, that person has decided in that moment to enter into your story in whatever way that looks like. And when we breeze on by it, it communicates a value of whatever it is that they were doing. So my caution to you this day, especially as we stop for a moment to say thankful or say thank you to God and for, to others for many things they've done, is just slow down. We've gotten in so much of a hurry as a people that even the simplest of words, thank you, 
is lost. Because frankly, we don't have time. I don't know if you caught it in that video, but there was a gentleman who walked in who was on his phone. And I would say that nine times out of 10, this is our posture in life, is on a phone and walking, which I would say is probably just as dangerous you know, as anything else, walking and talking on a phone. You're gonna run into things if you're not careful. Trust me, I have. But why are we so important that we have to take a moment as we're walking to talk on our phone and miss the moments that are happening around us? We need to slow down and recognize that God is at work at all times and in many fascinating ways. And this is why we are called to be grateful to him and to others. But often we just think, no, it's, no they should just know I'm grateful. You know, I, or they should just know that I'm, 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 I'm important. I don't have time to stop and offer gratitude. I just need to, I need to move on with what I'm doing. And just like everything, this becomes a habit, not saying thank you because we're too quick. Just a social experiment for you when you think about when it comes to habits. If saying thank you is a habit, then we have to develop it. It's something we have to put on. It's something we have to do on a regular basis. Not unlike this. What I want you to do tonight after you have had Thanksgiving meals and you're getting ready to settle down for the night, uh, you're going to hopefully grab a toothbrush and toothpaste. But what I want you to do is I want you to put your toothbrush in the opposite hand that you normally brush with. And I want you to put your toothpaste on with the opposite hand that you normally do. And I want you to start on an entirely different side of your mouth. And just recognize how awkwardly terrible that feels. I'm an upper right. Just think about it right now. You don't have to think too hard. When you start brushing your teeth, where do you start? You don't have to say it. Just think. Now, if you tried to go a different direction, it would throw you off, right? The rest of the world would like stop and people would fall off of places if you started a different direction. Habits are easily broken, not very easy to form. They are forged over time and memory and things. Saying thank you is the same thing. We have to develop a heart for it, make it a habit. And sometimes it needs to start by just saying it. And not because you mean it or you feel it, because it's the right acknowledgement of what is happening around us. That's the why of saying thank you, if you will. Because sometimes my boys, when I tell them, you need to say thank you. This is their question to me. Boom. Why? Throw it up. That was supposed to be that. Whoa, here we go. <laughs> thank you for advancing the slide. Um, why? Why do I need to say thank you? I don't mean it. I don't like that person. I don't like him at all. He's your twin brother. I don't care. Why do I have to say thank you? Because it is as much about that other person as it is about us. We're extending something of God from us to that other person. God didn't say just sometimes be thankful, always be thankful. When we offer a sense of gratitude to someone else, it has the power to change them. Think about it. Today, there's somebody in your life, maybe it's Chef Jake and the crew across the hall, if you're sticking around here, that has come in early, that has been working this entire week, if you want to know the truth, to prep for what's about to happen. And if you're more focused on the cranberry jelly than you are the fact that somebody actually took the time to break that up and make it look amazing, you're missing the point. 
We need to learn a, this habit of being grateful for what people do in our lives. Because here's how it looks from their perspective. For example, whomever it is that is the chef in your life at a family dinner, they often bring in whatever it is that they've made for you. They set it down with an expectation. And to be quite honest, as people of God, we don't serve with a heart of need. Okay, we need to start there for a moment. I want to pause and just say, we don't serve with a heart of needing back. We serve out of a selfless nature that God has instilled within us. However, it is awesome when people reciprocate with a grateful heart. It rewards that servant heart. And so when that person sets down that whatever it is, whatever it might be, that pie, if it were, and we just start consuming it, what does that do to that servant's heart? It compresses it a bit. Wow. Those two simple words, thank you, are so powerful. They can have a ripple effect. Have you ever thrown a, a, a pebble into a pond and notice how it radiates outwardly? This attitude of thankfulness can have that same sort of ripple effect to the world around us. And it may not be even something that you're going to see, but is going to go forward beyond that moment. That simple act of saying thank you in the grocery store when somebody says, no, you go ahead because I have more items than you. That's huge. That matters. And that simple matter of, say, of saying thank you, you may not even know. The reason that person let you go in front of them in the grocery store line might be because somebody earlier that day was grateful for something that they had done. And it was a reminder, I need to be paying that forward to others as well. There's a ripple effect to this idea, this attitude of gratitude that we need to take on in our lives. Just yesterday, I decided to go, my hair was getting a little too gray. I know it's a struggle right now at age 44, but uh, I decided to go to the haircut place. And so I had the afternoon kind of wide open. We had service last night at seven, so I had a lot of time. I checked in online, which is a good thing to do because then you get to the front of the line when you come in. And I sat down and there were about three other people waiting. But I was the first in line of those three or four other people. Then a mom came in with her young two-and-a-half-year-old kid and did not have an appointment, did not check in online. And so she was going to have to wait 45 minutes with him at 2 o'clock in the afternoon to get his hair cut. And I just, I watched her face and I just saw this look of, how are we going to do this? But he needed his hair cut. And so they sat down, and so I quietly got up, and I'll have to confess to you, because we're friends here for a moment, I was preparing for this message, so my heart was in tune with this. So don't take what I'm about to say with, oh, this must be what Mark does every day. No. <laughs> Most of the time, I am a selfish jerk. All right? I'm just being honest. But I tried. And in that moment, God stirred in my heart because I was positioned, follow me here for the message, I was positioned a bit differently. I walked up to the counter and I said to the gal who was checking in, I said, look, I got nothing but time today. He can take my spot because I know that he's not going to be able to make it for 45 minutes. She's saying, really? Which should tell us something. This woman who was checking us in was surprised at this action. This is what I mean. This is this attitude we have to practice in life that God has called us to. 
because it's a foreign concept to the world around us. This idea of gratitude, this idea of thankfulness, this idea of servant-heartedness. I said, no, seriously, he could take my spot. So I went and sat down, and she, about a minute later, said, okay, Thomas, you're up. And Thomas perked up. He's like, well, this is great. He's the two-and-a-half-year-old. And his mom goes, but these folks are ahead of me. And she said, well, he said you could take uh, his spot. And she kind of looked at me, and I said, yeah, I, I, I can be here all day. It's, it's not a big deal to me. And she just said, thank you for that. And she went on to have him get his haircut, and it allowed me a couple more moments of playing Candy Crush, which was also really cool. <laughs> I'm on level 2767, by the way, but don't let that stop you. It's an addiction for me. I'm sorry. It's a, we're amongst friends. I'm going to confess that to you right now. I have a Candy Crush addiction still, even though it was a game that came out like five years ago, and I'm still playing it. But in that moment, that woman was grateful because I took the moment to say, you can have my spot. And then as I sat down a little bit later to get my hair cut and he was in the chair behind me, he was starting to get a little bit restless. And she said, yeah, we had to skip his nap today in order to come and do this. Like, whoa. Okay, God, confirmation (laughs) that I'm doing the right thing in this. And I don't know what happened after they left the haircut place. I don't know what happened before they came in and why there was some harriedness in their life at that moment, but I hope and pray that that ripple effect carried on beyond that moment. And I don't know, but I'm just, the reason we are thankful and grateful and do these things is not because we're in control of what happens next. It's because we're in that moment right then. And God wants us to be in this habit of extending kindness and of being grateful because it transforms not only the person that we say thank you to, but also it has the power to transform us. And that's what, I say, that's what I mean when I say it's not because we feel it. We have to put on the posture of gratitude because it has the power to change us. Because here's the next verse that we need to rest in before we finish up today. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. We need this posture of gratitude because there are going to come moments where thankfulness isn't our first inclination with our circumstances. But always being thankful in all circumstances is powerful. For many of you, this is a first holiday without someone special in your life. And that doesn't just scream out thankfulness, but yet we're called to be grateful for the life that they lived and the legacy that they left. That's what it means to be thankful in all circumstances, to stare the junk of this world smack in the face and say, you don't get to win. You're not in charge. I'm thankful because God is still doing wonderful and mighty and powerful things in me, even in spite of this circumstance. It's not enough just to be thankful when the pumpkin pie with the whipped cream comes by your plate today. It's as much important, of, of as much importance to be thankful when that family member is lying in a bed, unable to move. This is where it gets real. And if we're practicing a heart of gratitude We'll see those moments in our lives even differently than we would have 
if we go through life without that habit. It will remind us that even in spite of our circumstances, God still is amazing and awesome and worthy of our praise and thanksgiving. And so very begrudgingly, sometimes we have to admit that we're thankful even when it hurts, even when it isn't all that it should be. In all circumstances, always be thankful. Because you don't have to look very far for that reason for saying thanks. We have a reason, and it's Jesus Christ. You see, God broke into our story at just the right time. If you want to talk about days set aside for remembrance, in about four and a half short weeks, we're going to have a day where we're going to remember that Jesus was born, and you're going to go, oh man, I totally forgot. <laughs> and we're going to remember how God broke into this world. And then four short months after that, we're going to remember what he did for us on the cross. And just a few days after that, we're going to remember how he rose from the dead. Constant reminders of a reason for gratitude. That Jesus would go out of his way to break into our story with a love that knew no bounds. You don't have to look any further than that to understand how much God loved you and a reason for being thankful. When that person cuts you off at the mall tomorrow and takes the parking spot that you had your blinker on for. Are we getting real now? We're not often very thankful in that moment, are we? In fact, we might say a few things choicely in our car that we wouldn't want for prime time. But that's where it gets real for us. Always be thankful, not an option. In all circumstances. Why? Because of what God has done for us. There's our reason for why we sit around today and consume 4,500 calories worth of food. And for some of you, that turns into 9,000 because you have two meals today. <laughs> Just think about that. And remember, there's a principle of, I don't even know, what's that? Like an object in motion stays in motion? Momentum. It's a Newton thing. Is it a Newton thing or an Einstein thing? Newton? Okay. I don't know where I was going with that, but be in motion after you eat. Uh, there we go. That's where I was going. So, <laughs> I have to look at the almost Dr. Richard Webb for my wonderful sense of wisdom because he's much smarter than I am. Be thankful today to God because of what he has gifted to you. Even this crazy messed up family that you might be sitting down with. I mean, those of you that are here today, this is your crazy messed up family. All right? You're hanging out on the bridge there. We're mostly nuts all the time, and it isn't just the cashews on the plate, okay? <laughs> but that's a good thing, because God has made us uniquely wired for a purpose, to be in family together, to be in relationship with one another, and to be thankful.